From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 292. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Good morning, Brad Dowdy. Hello, superstar Mike Hurley. Oh, um, no. One of these days, I'm just going to be the little people, and you're going to be superstar Mike Hurley. I've so, come to the know, point where like, congratulations. I, I, dread, I dread this now, because anytime I ever do anything, <laughs> you embarrass me. <laughs> hey, it goes both ways, right? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> Brad's talking about uh, a little profile that that we had in an industry newsletter. I'll put a link in the show notes in case you're interested. <laughs> little little profile, little profile. Yes, only small. What little profile? Mm. Yeah, so we have we have someone else that can make fun of more both of us today, Mike. Someone more important than and me. Yeah, and uh, she is the best maker funner of uh, that we know, <laughs> and that's Miss Anna Reinert. How's it going, Anna? Just fine. I'm a little froggy today, but otherwise, that's good. all right. That's all right. We can uh, we can get used to it. Luckily, we we haven't had any sick days uh, recently. Mike Mike's powered through a couple times over the holidays, um, and you never but, get uh, sick because you are like a marathon man or something. That is <laughs> definitely not true. But I have been fortunately not very sick in the past uh, past year or so. But with these two kids running around in the the germ factories that they have, yeah, I'm I'm prone to getting it. We have a we have an exciting show today. We have a uh, a big topic which makes complete sense with uh, having Anna on the show because it's it's one of those things that Brad and Anna know something about and I know nothing about. So we've got that for a little bit later on the show. But I wanted to share some news about our Kickstarter campaign. So we basically have most of the stuff in place now. Um, and we figured we'd share a little bit just just to get it in stone. I think it's pretty obvious what we're going to do. I think we've made enough hints to it, so I just want to outline it. So we're going to be aiming to launch in two weeks. So the first week of February um, should be the launch of the Kickstarter campaign, uh, which will include the live show, the live episode in Atlanta with the three of us and probably some special guests because we enjoyed that greatly last year. Um, but that's all to be determined. And there'll be a bunch of backeteers, including video of the show, and and that we have uh, we have two different backer rewards this year, um, which are very exciting. Uh, one mm-hmm. came from the mind of Brad, and one came from the mind of Anna. So they are <laughs> they're great. We're very excited. So we have two different <laughs> we have awesome. two different tiers for physical rewards this year, which is the first time we've done that. And we have taken some lessons from last year's campaign. And for the first time, we are defining a stretch goal. So there will be a stretch goal so that the main goal is just for Atlanta and you get a video of Atlanta uh, plus the backer rewards that you want. Um, But there is also going to be a stretch goal uh, to take us to Toronto via Mm. New York. So we have have some interesting stuff going on, which will include some vlog video stuff um, and an episode that we will record from the Toronto Pen Show towards the end of the year. it's not looking likely right now that we'll be recording with an audience. It will be like how we worked in DC. So me and Brad recorded an episode about the show at the show, um, mm-hmm. but from a hotel room. That, that's looking like how it was probably going to be. But it will take the pen addict over international borders for the first time, which is very exciting. So we're looking forward to that we have some great rewards and it's going to be up uh, at the beginning of feb so obviously you'll hear about it when it launches yeah so we're pretty excited about this i've emailed people north of the border saying if we can pull this off this is what we're thinking 
and the responses have generally been screaming via email. So I think it will go really well if we can make this happen. So yeah, I mean, we're excited to do Atlanta, get Anna there. I already have our first guest lined up for the show. We'll probably do two like we did last year because that worked so well. And then we'll head uh, head to New York for a day. Hopefully hang out with our friends at CW Pencils mm-hmm. and then make our way up to Toronto for the Toronto Pen Show, which has always been a dream of mine to get to. And uh, if, we can, uh, if we can pull this off, it's going to be great. Yep. So, so you'll hear about it in a couple of weeks' time uh, when we have the campaign up. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Of course, me and Brad will be sharing it everywhere it could possibly share it as well. So uh, yep. we, uh, we, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, and Anna <laughs> did something awesome for our backer rewards. So I can't mm-hmm. wait to share that. I was like, Anna, talk about it, except I don't want you to talk about it today. <laughs> we're going to hold that. <laughs> we will. We will definitely talk about it when it's... And it's oh up. yeah, mm-hmm. we will, we will. That's for sure. All right, Brad, so, you have some follow up for us. Yeah, the office supply draft we did last week was a hit. I've already got uh, lists of things from lots of responses saying, "Here's the next things you need to draft, and here's how you should do it." So we've gotten a, a lot of good feedback on on the draft. And since we have Anna on this week, and she actually works in a big time office where like we would picture this type of draft happening, even though hers is a little more specialized than your, your everyday office. I thought what better person to fill in some of the missing blanks we could have, uh, we could have dropped on the, uh, on some real, real life office supply draft action. So Anna, if you had your druthers at your office, at your job, what are the most important office supplies for you to have handy on a daily basis. This was really hard because you're right. My, what we do is so specific, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a very creative field. So, um, you know, I was asking, uh, my cube mate who sits next to me, I'm like, what are like, (laughs) you know, he's looking at our desks and it's just (laughs) littered with stuff. Littered with glitter. Totally. Like, (laughs) what are the top three? Like, if you had to grab like the things that we use most and it's like, you know, our, we're the ubiquitous three by fives that we have at Hallmark um, that are the, the, like the things that are most frequently used. Like people always like every single desk in every single office and every single conference room are the stacks of blank three by fives, the index cards that we all use. Um, those and can can you tell people why? Because this is an interesting story, and we've talked about it once, like I don't know, probably a couple of years ago, or maybe even yeah. longer. But there um, is a reason. There's a history behind it, and what it was was, um, uh, I think it was the basically the secretary or the administrative assistant that had originally worked for J.C. Hall, the founder of Hallmark, um, found like scraps of paper from the like the cut ends when they were making the greeting cards um and he had the pressmen cut them down into like basically index card size for him to use to take notes um that he could put in his shirt pocket and um jc saw them and thought well that's very efficient that's very clever um could you have them cut me down a, a few of those and so of course once the rest of the staff at hallmark saw 
that the president of the company, the owner, was using these little note cards to take notes and write things down. Everybody wanted them. And so it was this sort of, it was a great reuse of sort of leftovers of the little scraps from the edges of the, the cut sheets that um, they just sort of, anytime there were scraps left over from the printing, um, they would cut them down into three by fives and they just sort of appeared all over the, the company and just became the sort of standard that everybody used to take notes. It was a great way to use leftover paper and, um, you know, they were just the leftovers of the greeting cards. Um, but it just became a thing that, like, we eventually used so many of them, they just cut them down for us. So, um, but they're in every conference room. And then the, what became really entertaining was that when you take a three by five and you fold it in half long ways, it makes a little card. And so a lot of the writers and stuff will use them to, um, like, write the copy for the front of the card. And then they'll open it up and then they'll write, like, especially like shoebox writers will write the joke for the front of the card on the front. And then they'll write the punchline on the inside. So it helps them to sort of think through like how the joke will work. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah, but they're, we just use them everywhere. So that's like number one at Hallmark, three by fives. Mm-hmm. And you even so sent me some back in the day. I do. And occasionally like when I'll send out like packets to people and stuff, I'll, like I tend to grab a ha- handful because we kind of wrap them in packs of 50 mm-hmm. in, in our supply. Um, like we have our own art supply store and you can go buy a bundle. Yeah, so any so. office supply, any office supply draft that leads with three by fives is uh, something I can get behind, Mike. That's, uh, <laughs> I didn't even consider it for our draft, like thinking of how you know when I worked in in office. But as far as what is my like personal favorite type of office supply, yeah, three by fives is going to make that list. So, and then for the kind of work that I do, um, no day goes by that I don't have to cut something out and we cut everything with an X-Acto knife and a straight edge, like a metal ruler with cork backing. And mm-hmm. we were joking that it's like, it doesn't matter whose X-Acto blade it is and X-Acto knife. And it doesn't matter whose ruler it is, as long as there's still cork backing left on it. <laughs> we <were> like, <laughs> I'll grab anybody's. I don't care. I'll put it back. But we're always cutting, you know, mock-ups out to see like how our card is going to look when it's done. So that's my... And is the, is the cork backing there so it doesn't mess up what's underneath while you're pressing down and holding? Is that the it idea? It keeps it from sliding around, especially okay. on a color copy, because they get kind of slippery. So if, it, gotcha. if the cork backing has come off, you will either... The paper will slide or you'll cut your finger and don't learn safety by accident. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of signs like that around the office. And um, if you cut well, yourself, every- we do have a nurse on staff. But um, if you cut yourself, they um, make you take a drug test to make sure you weren't drinking on the job. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. No. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So everybody's like, don't cut yourself at work. <laughs> yeah. And everyone there is walking around with sharp instruments sharp, all the time. pointy so. objects. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and then the last item on my list is um, you were joking about the staplers and stuff. And everyone comes to borrow my stapler. Um, Mm -hmm. because I have a vintage Ace Pilot stapler and it's one of those classic metal ones as a big metal um, disc on the top Mm -hmm. and it works better than any other stapler in the building and no one will take it because they know that if they do, I'll find them. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, it always works. It's, I always have staples in it. They always know where to find it. And like, 
it's none like the swing lines always get jammed and they never have staples in them and nobody they all the beige ones mine's always full it always works I didn't know this stapler by name, but once I saw it, I was like, yep, okay. Yeah, my grandfather had this. This was the, the stapler that my, my grandfather used in his, his drawing room, and I remember using this all the time. What an awesome, awesome stapler. Yep, and it's so funny because people come over and they're like, can I, can I borrow your stapler? I'm like, yeah, sure. They're like, I'm telling it you. really works? And I'm like, of course it does. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't look how staplers normally look. It has, it's completely different looking. But it yeah. takes right. Re- it takes regular staplers, staples, just like all the other ones. So people are just mesmerized by it. They're so excited to get to use it. That's why stapler was my first pick in the draft. It's a very important, and if it goes missing, it's uh, it affects your workflow. And we got a lot of feedback saying, "Good call on the stapler." You know that was that was that was the right pick. But not everybody, Mike, thinks that was the right pick. So this email is from Beth. Mm-hmm. I just listened to your draft of office supplies. I'm surprised the stapler was your number one draft pick. At my office, we receive a lot of documents from outside parties that we scan into PDF for our own processing and markups. Staples are disliked as they add steps to our ideal workflow. Paper clips are preferred. I don't know if my if it's my own experiential bias, but I tend to think that as more offices go digital, paper clips may be fought over more than the staplers. What do you think? I think stuff gets tangled up with paper clips. Yeah, so I even voted binder clips ahead of stapler. I mean, ahead of paper clips because the paper clips tend to get mangled and caught on other stuff. And even though the binder clips are big and bulky, I thought uh, I thought stapler was the way to go. But what Beth's saying is they scan so many documents that they can't have them attached. So I can totally see that um, yeah. in a lot of in a lot of offices. So yeah, yeah. I, I would just, I'd still keep my stapler handy though and, and guard it with my life. I actually, one of the emails I got, pro, one of the pro stapler emails I got was I lock two things up in my office every night, my laptop and my stapler. <laughs> so <laughs> I see that though, right? Like people just come by and them, like for, in my office, it was phone chargers was one of them. Right, like mm. if you have a phone charger, lock that phone charger away because someone will just steal it. Right, like if yeah. somebody needs a, an iPhone charger, they will take that charger. They are they're in desperation mode. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's yeah, it was it was terrible. But hey, so I linked my stapler. People people were asking which stapler I used and that I protected with my life. It's called the Boston Grip Two. It's a stand on your nose stapler, stand on its nose stapler. Um, it doesn't look like that exact one's made. It looks like maybe they were bought out by Exacto because the the link I found is my exact stapler with just the Exacto branding instead of the Boston Office Supplies branding. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes if anyone's if anyone's looking. So yeah. Our uh, office supply draft was a hit, Mike. I'm glad we did that. I'll have to take note of some other drafts we can do in the future. I had some very specific requests um, with some very specific rules, so maybe we'll we'll look at some of those uh, doing them down the line. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a it was a fun little weird thing to do. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's totally worth it. All right, should we take our first break? Yeah, let's jump do it. into our big topic today. All right, today's yes. show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Squarespace. 
Enter the offer code INC at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. It is that time of year when people are starting new projects because it's resolutions time. Squarespace gives you all of the tools that you need to create that website that you want to make. They have 24-7 customer support in case you need any assistance, but it's so easy to use. I would genuinely be surprised if you needed anybody. Everything's drag and drop. It's easy to build pages. You can also grab domain names. Their templates are really, really fantastic looking, and they have a bunch of uh, templates that are custom for like specific things. So we've been building our wedding website on Squarespace, and they have wedding templates that you can use and even it was funny like we was going through some of the pages and the copy on the pages we're just using in some instances because it's so good (laughs) like it does a better job of explaining things than i think i could so we're just using some of it so it is great it is really awesome you can add an online store you can add portfolios you can add a bunch of different fantastic functionality into squarespace they are the all-in-one platform you don't have to install anything it's all in the web browser there's no patches to worry about no upgrades needed they have great apps as well it's very very simple to use their plans start at just 12 dollars a month you can sign up today for a free trial just by going to squarespace.com you don't need to to give them your credit card to go and try it out and you can play around with the entire functionality and make sure it's right for you then when you decide to sign up and put your website out to the world just use the offer code INC INK at checkout you'll get 10% off your first purchase if you do this and you'll be showing your support for the Pen Addict and Relay FM Squarespace make your next move make your next website so quick Squarespace commentary our good friend Jonathan Brooks of the Carolina I saw this pin yes. code did you see that I just mm-hmm. saw it this morning we got tagged in an Instagram feed saying hey I'm launching my new website it's built on Squarespace um Mike was right essentially yeah I love it I think he's done a great job there's tons of pictures everywhere as there should be including all of his Instagram photos it's awesome uh it says at the top Jonathan's still working on it um but this yes. is a this is a great 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 improvement and I'm I'm really really pleased to see it so it's carolinapencompany.com uh go there and just buy anything because it's all amazing <laughs> I, I was using uh the Arushi pen that he gave us today uh, with the yeah. pen addict branding on it and just my gosh Oof. everything is just so good i can't wait i cannot wait for pen show season to start to see what what jonathan has available to buy from tables i was yeah. thinking about that this morning yeah i need to look at his schedule i know he's going to be in baltimore so i know i'll see him there but i'm not sure if he's at anything prior to that so we'll have to check in with him you better be at atlanta is what i'm gonna say there'll be, oh, there'll be trouble sure. there'll be trouble i'm sure i'm sure all right anna you know, I, I love you and would do anything for you, but I did have ulterior motives bringing you uh, on this show today. I noticed. I needed your information <laughs> because yep. I got a wonderful question, a very detailed email question, and my response was, I don't really know, but I know who does. <laughs> I, I am in this, uh, I am in this exact pickle about once or twice a day where people ask me questions about pens and i'm like i don't know the answer but let me introduce you to brad dowdy <laughs> yeah i'll so, end up in these random twitter threads uh-huh. i'm like oh hey how's it going guys it all flows the the information flows through us all and it's just to the next person yeah. so we need some schooling on brush pens and i figured who better to ask than the well-appointed desk herself, Anna Reinert. So let me read this very wonderful email from Alistair. 
And I told him, you know, I responded, hey, this is great. Give me a couple of weeks. I'm going to get on on the podcast and we'll go through it then. So Alistair says, my wife and a few of her friends have been getting into brush lettering and brush pens recently. And I realize this is a type of pen that you guys haven't really spoken about on the podcast. I've tried to do some research into brush pens and it's a whole new world. Pens seem to be rated on features like snapback and body. They're foam tips, real brush tips, and those brush tips can be broken into different type of bristle hairs. Some pens can be refilled with cartridges. Others are just disposable. The list goes on. Anyway, the question is, do you ever plan to explore the world of brush pens? If you ever do, can you recommend a good brush pen with a nice saturated black ink specifically for use with lettering? P.S., People into brush lettering seem to call shading of the ink gradient. I just can't go along with that. <laughs> so that was <laughs> Alistair's final comment. But um, this is a short email asking lots of things. So Anna, tell us all the things about brush pens. Go. Yeah. I can sum that up in five minutes. <laughs> Seriously. It's a huge topic. And mm-hmm. you're right. There's there are, It's an infinite variety. And, and um. Corey, my cube mate, and I were talking about this, and Corey is an incredible lettering artist. And he and I both I was like, guess what I got to do tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, um, well, that's going to be challenging. And I said, yeah. And it, yeah. because it's finding like the perfect brush pen is like finding the perfect fountain pen, it's going to be different for everybody. You know, the one mm. that he likes best is not necessarily the same one that I like best. And it's also not depending on what kind of lettering you end up doing. If you want more rounded letter forms, if you want, um, you know, more uh, upright, if you want more angled, you know, if you want softer edges, the whole thing about gradient versus shading, that's also whether or not you're wanting to do more like the colored watercolor effect. You know, so much of the brush lettering that you see like on Instagram and stuff is where people are, do start doing actual gradient color where they're going from like red to orange to yellow and they want that color gradient to change because they're switching the pen, you know, they're switching the pen color and they're dipping it into different colors of ink, you know, which is t- like whole different, whole different ball of wax, mm-hmm. you know, versus just using like a black pen and you're getting what we commonly refer to as shading where you, you know, you want the color to just change a little bit. Um, But yeah, you've got the like foam tip or sponge tip is sort of how I refer to them Um, because the material does change depending on which brand. Some of them feel more spongy um, quality and some feel more foamy just depending on the brand. And are those the ones that look like the old traditional paper mate flare look like they have that plastic bit and then yeah, you have the bristle off from there, not just like a pure bristle brush, right? Right, exactly. So those will be, yeah, they're what we'd think of as like a felt tip, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, once you actually have them out of the package and you're, you start like sort of pushing them on paper, some of them will feel more f- like a foam, like mm-hmm. that foam material versus like spongy you know, where it's maybe a little bit more porous material. And that'll affect the, you know, for lack of a better word, the spring back. The ones that are spongier um, aren't going to spring back as fast and they squish a little bit more. And I think a really good example of that would be the Tombow um, ABT. It's Mm -hmm. more spongy um, and it tends to fray really easy on the end. Um, Okay. 
it's it's a double tipped um and it comes in a bunch of colors one of them is black but then it has a bunch of other colors available and the other end is sort of your standard um like bullet tip um felt tip on the other end um but then there's um, ones that are more spongy quality and i'm trying to think of a good example um off the top of my head um uh, we were playing around with uh, Windsor and Newton uh, watercolor markers, and the tip on that one is more um, uh, foam, more foamy than spongy, um, and it has a bit more spring back. So, like when you push it down on the paper, when you lift it back up, that tip will come back to its form a little bit faster. And it's probably a price point thing when you think of a Windsor and Newton watercolor marker, it's going to be considerably more expensive than the Tombow ABT. Mm-hmm. It's like probably closer to like $5 where the uh, Tombow is probably two fifty, three dollars $3, yeah. you know? So it's, a, yeah. it's probably a price point thing more than anything. Um, but, uh, you know, and then there's the ones that have an actual like bristle tip, which is, you know, if you like literally squeezed it together with your fingers, um, it actually has bristles like a paintbrush. And those come with various, um, uh, you know, depending on the quality of those bristles, most of them are going to be um, uh, synthetic. So they're just uh, plastic fibers. Um, But they'll, again, they'll have different, like how thick those bristles are will depend on how soft or firm they are. So that'll affect how quickly they spring back. And if you're new to lettering, um, the firmer they are is usually better because when they're really soft, um, your lines get real squishy. So it's a little bit harder, harder to control. Coming from the perspective of someone who's new at this, is there a more of a learning curve with the bristle tips as opposed to the sponge tips or felt tip yeah. types of brush pens? The, it, yeah, it is. The um, bristle tips are, generally speaking, going to be softer than one that's a foam or a sponge tip or felt tip. Um, uh, you know, because it's because they are more of a natural feel, like a paintbrush. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we went through, and I'm going to grab a noisy piece of paper. It's a piece of marker paper that we were using at work. Um, that uh, we grabbed like the brush pens that we had on the desk. Um, recommended by the best lettering artist at Hallmark (laughs) (laughs) Um, and went through some, some of our favorites. And one of them that we listed was the, the uni double-sided pocket pen, which has the fine and medium points. And that one is actually um, one of the like sponge tip felt tip ones. Um, it's probably one that I think, Brad, you really would like as well. I think you and I've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I think I might actually own one. And I think I, I listed some of mine that I use that we'll, we'll talk about later. But I think that one's kind of got stuck in a cup and forgot about. But I think I know exactly which one you're referring it's to. It's that sort of, it's, it, once you take it out of the package, it has no name on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. it universally like ends up in a cup and you're like, I can't remember which one this is. It just <laughs> exactly. has the little like the little Mitsubishi three diamond thing mm-hmm. on it. And then the rest of it's just Navy blue. And I do end up liking the, the dual tip ones um, yeah. for the, the reason of having a fine and a medium or a, 
you know, mm-hmm. a marker and a brush or something like that. And they're still, you know, they're, you don't really pay that much extra for, yeah. for having kind of that dual pen use. They're all like mm-hmm. around that 2 to $3 range. Yep. So that's probably one of my favorites and a really good beginner um, lettering because the fine end is really nice to work small. And then the medium end is a bigger um, tip. So it's good to work, to help work a little bit larger and to practice with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like for the the bristle tip ones, there's two Pentel um, bristle tips that are sort of the like tried and true if you want to get into bristle tip, um, the Pentel pocket, and then it's the the big Pentel squeezy brush one. And I'll have to look up and we'll get the the URL for it. But it's sort mm-hmm. of the classic. It's probably the softest one um, and probably a little bit more challenging to use, but it's sort of the tried and true sort of like probably the one that most people have tried. Um, but it's it's a good like get messy. And it's the one that like once you've used up all the um, the ink in the barrel, most people mm-hmm. will just dip that into a bottle of ink and you can dip it into anything. So oh, if you cool. just want to use like a bottle of, you know, Lamy Black or, you know, sort of any black ink, you know, a bottle of Waterman would work fine. Um, you can just then just get mileage out of it because the bristle tip on that one stays pretty nice for a while. Um, yeah, and, and the the Pilot Pocket Brush is the pen that I recognized from, you know, seeing lettering years and years ago that was in all these pictures of artwork and lettering work. It's like, what is this pen with this Japanese handwriting? And it was everywhere. And it's still considered to be kind of the, the top tier disposable brush pen, right? Oh, the Pentel Pocket? Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's like and one of that the, one actually the best. has yeah the cart it takes the standard Pentel the cartridges cartridges which is nice for portability, um, and that um, the tip stays pretty nice on that one. I've had the one I have I've had for I don't know five six years. I think I got it the original one I got I got it at Kinokanuya mm-hmm. is where I found it originally. Um, but yeah, I'll go back and say that when we were recording Art Supply Posse, it was one of the first episodes that we did was a brush pen episode where we went into a lot of this and um, talked. Um, I talked Heather through a lot of sort of the different types. And then um, one of the first um, series of articles that Tina wrote um, for Well-Appointed Desk was a four-part on brush pens where she went into detail about the different um, the different types of brush pens from water soluble to waterproof and did both um, the bristle tips and the felt tips. So there's a lot more information on the website yeah. that sort of you can look at pictures and see because um, some, peop- some people really like the ones that are waterproof and some people prefer the ones that are um, water soluble if they're doing like if they want to soften the edges or and that kind of thing. She does a lot of sketching with hers. So. Yeah, so we'll have all these links in the show notes for Alistair and for everyone else that wants to go learn more because we could talk for 20 or 30 minutes on this and we're still just going to scratch the surface. There's so many different levels. I think that's why it's a little bit intimidating for someone like Alistair to try to dig into this and, and figure out where to start. So do you have any like hand lettering tips like or any other products you want to mention that you would recommend to someone who's just a very beginner and sees, you know, the 
uh, popularity of, you know, hand lettering and doing this type of work, do you have a few tips or pointers that, uh, that you could point out to someone looking to get into this? Well, um, the one thing is I do like one of the things that we did figure out when we were going through all of this, um, when we were doing art supply posse was that, um, uh, the reference and oftentimes with the brush pens is the, when they use the word food a, it means fake, (laughs) (laughs) um, which means that they cover a good portion of the tip of the pen with plastic so that it doesn't bend quite as much. And um, so that often helps people if it's the first time using a brush pen, that there's only a little bit of the tip showing um, so it doesn't flex quite as much. And one of the things that Heather was having trouble with was um, that she had kind of a heavy hand. And so for her, the food a style um, brush pens um, didn't give quite as much for her. So she wasn't getting sort of the squishy line, like she was getting more line variation, which helped her a lot. So one of the things that um, I recommended to her was to look for any of the brush pens that had the word food a um, in the name, like the Fudo, uh, Fude Goka, uh, Gokoshi one, mm-hmm. uh, where there's basically like a clear <laughs> plastic cover over most of the tip. I'm giggling because I put in four of my favorites and three of them are Fude. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the cool little tips um, that we kind of discovered as we were going through um, our brush pen research. Um, and then the other thing is that there, um, I do know that like Jet Pens does make a sort of starter set mm-hmm. of brush pens, which is sort of the ones that have been the most popular on their site, which is a, um, sort of a good way to get started. And I think a lot of the ones that we have picked are in that set. So that's sort of a good way to just sort of jumpstart and try those and see how you like them. Yeah, I mean, to try two or three different brushes of different firmnesses or feels or materials is kind of all you need. There's not, there's a huge variety in brush pens, but if you bought like just a few pens, you'll see real quick which style works for you. Then you can go exploring down that style a little bit more, right? Yeah. And they're really not crazy expensive. Most um, brush pens are 250 to 350 mm-hmm. a piece. They're really not crazy expensive. And um, if you have a good um, art supply store in your area, um, a lot of them have started carrying these and they often have um, testers available so that you can actually go in and try them and see if there's any that you like. So that's yeah. always a good option. So if you have like a, um, a Blick or um, another art supply like that in your area, they often have yeah. testers. Yeah, that's awesome if you can if you can get around to somewhere like that and test that out because there's there's quite a bit of variance, but I think you'll know pretty quick that okay, I like the firm or the fine types of brushes for the type of work I'm going to do or I need the softer, longer bristles for the variation and, you know, larger, you know, hand styles or strokes um depending on what you're going to do. So like I don't do much hand lettering or drawing with brush pens, but I love them for writing. Um, it makes my handwriting handwriting look really nice. But since I'm using them just for writing, I like super fine or very firm or those types of pens. So I put in the the Zebra disposable brush, which is one of the most popular ones sold. Uh, the Tombow 
Fudino Suke. Uh, it's a hard-tipped brush pen. Uh, the Kur- the Kurataki Fudego Kochi is probably my single favorite just writing pen because it is a, extra, a very firm, extra fine tip, but I get line variation, right? So I'm writing small, but I get variation. If I was doing, you know, you know, even something as small as like a one inch letter, this isn't going to work. It's going to be more like a marker for that type of thing. But for like a small lettering, like I do, it's great. And then the the last one I put in is the uh, the Pilot Fude Makase is similar to that uh, Fudego Kochi uh, pen where it's very fine, very firm, not a lot of variation. But if you write small like I do or doing little sketches, you get that little bit of extra something that only a brush pen can give you, I think. And that's why I like them so much. Yeah. So and the other thing is um, to uh, see if you can find any um, videos either on YouTube or Instagram of uh, lettering artists whose work that you like and see how they hold the brush, um, the brush pen, like what angle they're holding it mm. at. So as you're trying different stylings, you know what angle you need to hold the brush at in order to replicate the look because that will help make a decision about which pen to choose because if they're holding it at a very upright angle, you're going to get a different look than if they're holding it at a very sideways angle. So if you're testing the pens out and you're not getting the same look it may just be the angle at which you're holding the brush absolutely i think one thing that i don't think i've mentioned about my writing style in the past is when i use markers or brushes i essentially have like a a right-handed overhook when you know like a lefty would you know you guys know (laughs) you would hook over so my my um marker or my brush is actually pointing at me when I use those pens as opposed to like a standard gel or a um, fountain pen, you know, where I'm using a more standard. I actually hook over my pen a lot when I, when I write on that style. It's a little bit more freeing, a little bit more wild, and it fits that type of pen tip for me. So yeah, you have to figure out what's going to work for how you're moving the pen across the page. I think it was the movie, um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. There's a scene Mm. where you actually get to see somebody um, who's doing like classic uh, Chinese calligraphy and they hold the the brush straight up. Mm -hmm. So it's literally like right above and it's a very different look. It creates a very different look. And it wasn't until I saw them do that and I thought that creates a very different types of strokes. Mm -hmm. So it was like, practicing doing any kind of lettering from that angle instead of how we would do it which is you know when you write more at like a 45 degree angle Mm -hmm. you know so it was like even just trying to do any kind of brush lettering from that angle creates very different strokes and it's like sometimes i'll take a um like a brush pen and i hold it more like as a left hander um like basically coming so that the the widest part of like a felt tip brush pen is almost laying down. So I'm getting the widest possible stroke to mm-hmm. get as much of that on the paper as possible to get a really wide stroke, you know, such so like laying the side of the, the felt tip on the paper mm-hmm. and then holding it up on the tip and getting the thinnest possible line, you know, yeah. so really forcing the the thick thicks and the thin thins, you you know, cheat it. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. And that's the style that I think a lot of people see today where it's not necessarily a connected 
letter as far as you're writing like a script stroke. It's like a single letter that's attached to the next letter. So these wider pens give you that wide body and thin, you know, little connectors to the subsequent letters, right? Yeah. There's a, um, actually, there's a left-handed uh, um, lettering artist named Matt Vergotis, who, um, from Australia, who does a lot of brush lettering, um, who's really fun to watch. Um, he puts up a lot of videos of his nice. work, which is nice. cool to watch. So if you're left-handed and you want to see somebody who does brush lettering, he's really fun to watch. <laughs> we'll find that and put that in the show notes. So Mike, what did you learn about brush pens today? That I don't understand the names of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly we didn't pronounce them right. I mean, no <laughs> shot, uh, no shot. But uh, I think what I've learned is that it, there are far more types than I expected, um, and mm-hmm. kind of what my what I've always assumed a brush pen to be, which is to be a paintbrush contained inside of a piece of plastic, is actually not completely mm-hmm. correct. Right, because the hard tip ones are still considered brush pens, even though they're not as like flexible and, and pliable. Um, and I also know that every all of the uh, Instagram accounts that I follow, they all use these all the time now, and now I can start to identify some of them. <laughs> uh, I follow it just just like I find I get them recommended to me a lot. Like I don't know why I got it on Instagram, so like I I follow just like a, every now and then I just pick someone up because I just like to watch people beautifully write stuff it's uh mm-hmm. it's one of the great things of instagram it's why i love it so much yeah all right should awesome. we take a break yeah let's take a break like we could you know if if we had a show like the the art supply posse we could dig into this more hint hint anna <laughs> uh i wish i Sorry, had time that was, that was mean that was <laughs> you're, mean you're being Brad. mean now you're being mean now. i know i know but we, we will have all those links we will. They're all in the show notes. Do you not worry about that? There's more than enough information to people sink their teeth in. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. It is a new year. We are in January. It is time for you to make some changes in your life. If you haven't already, why not make Harry's one of those changes? Harry's will let you be smarter with your finances because you could save up to $100 a year using Harry's if you're a frequent shaver. And you can also take some time to look after yourself, make yourself look a little better. Why not? Harry's have won countless awards because their products are so good. They make you feel, look, and stay awesome. Harry's founders decided to create the company because they were fed up with overpriced razors, so they fixed it. They stripped all of the unnecessary features, the stuff that you don't need, like blades that heat up, blades that have 25 lubricating strips and a vibrating handle with a light on the bottom of it. They got rid of all of that stuff. They cut out the unnecessary items, the unnecessary costs, and they deliver to you the perfect razor at an amazing price. They offer high-quality blades at half the price that you'll be used to paying. Harry's Blades paid just $2 per blade and all of their products are backed by harry's 100 percent quality guarantee um, and i know that mr brad dowdy over there in georgia is a big fan of harry's products i'm a big fan and i'll let you in on another secret which i i think i've said that i'm a every other day shaver you know i don't need to i don't need to trim the neck beard every day but on days like today where i'm in a rush in the morning to get to an early scheduled podcast because superstar mike hurley has somewhere to be next week it's my 30th birthday brad what do you want from me whatever whatever um (laughs) i can go an extra day and you know have two days and shave on the the third day and harry's blades and shave cream make that 
just a smooth experience where normally it would be after you if you didn't shave frequently enough you'd be like oh i'm dreading putting the blade against my cheek or my neck and harry's does not do that i can go you know two or three days in between and still get the nice clean smooth shave from my harry's products it's that good don't just take Brad's word for it. Try it out for yourself. Harry's is so confident you're going to love what they make. They want to give you their free trial set. You just need to cover the shipping. The set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades of a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. The set is worth $13, but it's free for you if you just cover the shipping. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict right now and get started. That is harrys.com slash penaddict to sign up. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and relay fm so my wife wants me to buy some more of the boxer shorts by the way They're oh good. interesting big fan of the woolly mammoth okay is that is that what she calls <laughs> hey oh, anna no. yeah <laughs> the la pen show is coming up soon it I is quit. i'm done <laughs> i was um, informed yesterday that it was 60 degrees in la oh uh, nice Nice. So yeah, my heat went out last night. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to go to LA. Um, what do we got? Three weeks or so? I think we're about three weeks out, right? Yep. So you are doing something a little different this time, at least different from the norm. What you got going on? Nothing. Nothing at all. I'm going to eat tacos. <laughs> You're going to just go to the show, which is an awesome experience. Highly recommended, Anna. <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever done that. I think the first show I went to. No, yeah. I take that back. I, I did a podcast. So, no, I've worked every show I've ever gone to. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you actually have any plans other than just like taking in the show and seeing all the things and relaxing and talking to people? At present, I have I have no scheduled agenda other than to hang out. My um, uh, Laura, who has been um, posting on the blog with me, uh, mm-hmm. it is her first pen show. Her family nice. lives out in L.A., so that she wanted to go out. Her dad's very excited. He um, had been collecting fountain pens for years oh, nice. and was very excited to find out that Laura had joined the cult. Mm. And... Uh, <laughs> So he's going to come on Sunday. Um, so yeah, so she's, this is her first show. And uh, so we're not, you know, we've, there's lots of stories about LA not being the the most organized show in the world. Um, so I'm a little nervous about it being her first show and not being known as the best well, organized and on show. Top, on top of that, they're in the midst of a remodel that's yeah. apparently not done. So yeah, who knows what kind of spanner is going to be thrown into the works this year but uh we'll see it'll still be fun we'll still make the best of it right absolutely we we can we can make it a party no matter where we go right right so i will be working for van s pins at this show and i'll be there friday friday to sunday head out monday yep if Um, you hadn't been working for van s i guess i would have been (laughs) (laughs) true so thanks for taking that bullet for me yeah yeah exactly exactly so uh Instead of me wandering around, I'll be working all weekend, but that's cool. LA's not a bad show to work because you really don't get hammered till Sunday. Friday yep. and Saturday are pretty chill, so you can 
you know, you can ming- mix and mingle and, and get some things done. I'm sure we'll have a, a bar meetup. We just, I don't have anything set in stone because we don't know what the situation is going to be at the hotel until we get there. So we'll see, but we'll, yeah. we'll definitely have a meetup of, of some sorts. And, um, you know, I've got, you know, not really anything on my shopping list. I don't know if you're shopping for anything in particular. I did not have any plans other than to keep Laura company, eat some tacos, mm-hmm. hang out. This will be my first trip out to LA in a long time. So cool. yeah, I'm just going to be excited to be somewhere that's not 28 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> exactly. So we have one related as TPA from Benjamin Jacks. What do you get with hands-on experience that you don't get with online. I thought this was a good pen show related type of ask TPA. So what do you think on a, at a pen show, what type of hands-on experience um, do you try to, you know, take care of if you're look, been shopping online and you don't really know what are you going to do at a pen show? That's maybe a little bit different. Well, I think that probably the best example would have been the platinum, uh, uh, 3776 uh, Shengyue, um mm-hmm. issue that we had last year um, where we tried, what, three or four different ones and there was different writing experiences with the soft fine mm-hmm. um, depending on which one you picked up. So, yep. um, uh, so yeah, nibs. N- nibs are a big deal. Yeah, Eleanor could not get yours to write. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, and then we tried one at the platinum table and she couldn't get it to write. But it's like, I could write with yours, I, but the one at the platinum table, I couldn't get to write. And then I went to um, Nib Smith's table mm-hmm. and Dan. I could get uh, Dan Smith and mm-hmm. I could get the, the one at his table to write. So I ended up buying from Dan, but it was one of those things where it was like, had I bought one online, I would not have had that experience, you know, be able to try several different ones and realize that depending on the pen, like depending on, you know, especially with something like a soft fine, it's really going to be a matter of trying different ones. Yeah. And you've had that experience, Mike, going through like some of the choices, right? Like, oh, narrowing down the choice factor. Yeah. I mean, so many times I've been like, there's a pen that I really wanted. And then I tried it and was just like, this doesn't work for me. Uh, but then I can find something else that does, or even just nib choices. You say like, I don't know whether I will want a medium or a fine, because obviously they differ depending on where the pen comes from. And like, yeah, it's like, it's, there is a great benefit in being able to actually pick it up and try it like it can really help inform a purchasing decision or even like turn you around you know there have been pens that i thought were ridiculous or were silly or were boring and then i try them and then my mind explodes right so (laughs) there is a real benefit yeah people were talking about the um the pelican ocean swirl that the pictures that they saw online uh presented it in a certain it looked a certain way and then Mm -hmm. when they saw them in person depending on each individual pen, the colors of the swirls looked different. And so that's a pen that, you know, maybe you would really want to buy in person um, just because you might not like how the color pattern came out. And so being able to purchase it and say, that is the very specific one that I want, you know, and as again, like with like very custom pens, buying from somebody like Brian Krushek or from, uh, you know, any of the other, you know, pen makers where you can really choose 
like I like the the wood grain on this specific one or I like the the resin pattern on this pen as opposed to buying online where you're not sure if you're going to get the one in the picture or a different one. Mm-hmm. I I would say if you're into this hobby pretty deep and haven't been to a pen show it's actually worth trying to save up and make a travel budget to get to one just so you can see all these things you've been reading about or didn't have the opportunity to try with a local pen club or a pen posse or a meetup or things like that or a pen store you know a lot of people only have an online shopping experience it's worth you know even if you have to save up you know over a year to get to one in a following year it's worth getting to one to find finally get to see all the things you've been reading about if you have some questions it's definitely worth your time that doesn't even get into the vintage stuff. Like, yeah, we didn't like, even touch on all of that. Right. Like I would, uh, yeah, like that's not even, that's pretty much something I would only buy in person. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever bought any vintage online unless it was from a friend or, you know, something I yeah. knew that they could vouch for it. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much the only way I would buy vintage these days at all. Yeah. Oh, and one other thing is uh, inks. You can get a lot better color sample seeing the ink in person. Than oh yeah, and the, and, and shows that have have ink testing stations where you can actually yep. sit down with your paper and try them out and play with them as long as you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Exactly. All right, you want to get in the rest of this? Ask TPA, Mike. We got some good ones here. Yeah, I did want to mention super quick, like it might be a bit late by the time that you hear this, but uh, January 25th at noon Eastern, me and Brad are going to be on Instagram Live together doing a thing just, on the Pen Addict Instagram Live. So you may have just gotten to this in time, or but but it will be at least live for 24 hours, right, after that point. Is that how those things work? You yeah. can save them now too, right? So if it's a good one, you could save it to your uh, profile. But um, yeah, that will be there for you to go and check out. Um, I guess we're just going to do a parade of pens, I expect. Is so that's actually, that's actually tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah. I'll, 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 have, I'll have a good pen to show off then too. So ooh, ooh, yeah. I should write this down. I should write this down. It's been in my calendar for like three weeks. I'm, so, you know, I'm just I'm kidding. There's so much more organized than you. All right, let's do some hashtag ask TPA. I'm going to read those because I've not spoken enough this episode. Uh, the first Good. comes from Ganon800. I'll be going to Hong Kong with my family in a few weeks. Is there anything pen-related that I should go and see in my free time? Has the community got any tips for me? L- let me know what you think. So what, what do you think, guys? Where should Ganon800 go in Hong Kong? So we have the right person to ask, Mike. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited that I could actually contribute. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot lot of Anna specific questions that I asked for. This was unknowingly Anna specific when he asked it. So I did actually get to go to Hong Kong a couple of years ago. Um, and um, these are, so these are three tips from me. Um, City Super. Um, we have a link that we can provide. There's several locations. And in City Super, um, they have a whole pen section um, a lot of it is sort of the um, more gel and and that kind of thing, but they do have paper and they have a little, they also have a shop called Log On that has like um, traveler's notebooks and things like that. And they're separate, they have some separate stores, um, but then they also have them included in City Super. And City Super is sort of, it's kind of like a um, department store they have like groceries and things like that but then they have this little section that's their stationary part and the grocery store is really cool because it's like an international grocery store so if you went like 
weird potato chips and things like that. They have mm-hmm. those too. So it's kind of fun to go in there. Um, there's a Muji store at Harbor City. Um, and it's a really big one. And then so you can get lots of Muji, you know, notebooks and pens and stuff. Um, and then my last one is that you have to take a ride on the Star Ferry har- um, across the harbor. It costs like $2.00. It's totally worth it. And if you can do it at night, it's really fun because it's a great way to see across the harbor. So, and it's very safe in Hong Kong. So it's beautiful. You'll have a great time no matter what you do. There's a lot of other stationary stores. And if you're staying at a good hotel, you should be able to ask um, the concierge if they can recommend uh, where a good stationary store or paper store is. All right, so our next question comes from at Letter Lovebug. Uh, how do you settle, Anna, on the right notebook for a big project or class or something like that? Do you ever procrastinate because you're not sure which notebook from your never-ending stash to, to pick from? Yes, I've been known to, <laughs> to hold off. But my recommendation is not to postpone joy. If you have a great project to start on, don't wait. You probably have a great notebook there um, that you've been saving for the perfect project or that perfect thing, but we all do it. We save that thing because we think it's too nice for whatever we were doing. And I, I was thinking about this the other day when I saw the question and I just had that moment where I thought, you know what, we, we all need to stop saving our notebooks for that thing that we think is, you know, it's, that notebook's too nice, you know, for this, you know, my Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch notes. Mm -hmm. Like, just (laughs) use it. Just use the notebook, you know. Start, you know, eventually we'll, we'll, we'll have earned those notebooks and we won't ever earn them if we don't start using them. So just use it. And there'll always be a next notebook, right? There will always be another one. So yeah, I you stopped. Know. I used to do this like religiously. And a few years ago I finally stopped and now I don't ever procrastinate. I just grab the notebook and go, you know, even if I have three other notebooks in use if I want to do something else with this other new notebook, I'm going to do it. And uh just go for it. Yeah. Like you said, don't postpone don't postpone joy, just do it. Yep. You never know what might happen further down the line, you know? Yep, exactly. Next question comes from uh, Mietat, and they ask, what is the most exciting new inks for writing and doodling and artwork? What what exciting stuff is happening? I don't know if this is specific to um, artwork or doodling, but I did just recently hear about the Birmingham Pen Company inks, and I've been pretty excited about them uh, just simply because it was something new and fun to try out. But uh, the inks... Um, Inkline has been all based around uh, places in and around uh, Pittsburgh, I believe, um, named after either famous people who came from Pittsburgh or famous places around Pittsburgh, which I thought was really nice. Um, Although I really wish they would name an ink after some famous woman (laughs) from Pittsburgh, but I'll cut (laughs) them a little slack right now. Yeah. Because, you know. I'm looking through here, yeah. They do have Gene Kelly, Raspberry Rain, and Jeff Goldblum, Independence Gray. And anyone who names an ink after Jeff Goldblum is a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, and they have um, um, they have Forbes Field Green, which, you know, I can get behind the baseball thing. They do have uh, lots of blacks and grays. 
Well, it is <laughs> as, Pittsburgh. Uh, it is Pittsburgh, so maybe uh, that's that's reasonable. So uh, there's smoked iron and uh, coal, uh, coking coal, and you know all kinds of weird things. Allegheny Arsenal gunpowder. So these are some really neat names, and uh, the colors look very interesting. Have you gotten to try one of these yet? Um, I I did get the um, the Gene Kelly and the Jeff Goldblum, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, they're actually really nice. They're very appropriate, I think, for winter right now because they are cool. sort of uh, smoky and darker colors. Um, but so far, they look like they're pretty good inks. I think they're actually. I got the two bottles, and I think they said they came. They were made in Germany, so I'm not sure what that means like who who actually mm. produces the inks for them um mm. but so far they seem like they're pretty sturdy um, yeah, colors look great yeah price is reasonable the, the packaging was very nice so i'm feeling good about them and they very shipped good. them at the, the when the weather was the absolute worst and they didn't freeze made it here safely so all is well in the world H. Jason asks, when cleaning your vanishing points, do you try to clean the door a mechanism or just the nib unit? Almost never. Although I have done it because you'll see when you extend the nib, if the ink is kind of dragging on the door, you'll see a, a little bit more ink mess on the nib. When you're putting it in the writing position that means you've probably got some extra ink or some kind of spill or leak in the kind of the nose of the pen but in general almost never because you have to take out the nib unit when you're cleaning the vanishing point so you'll know if there's extra ink around kind of the front the front nose of the pen when you do that you'll see it and most of the time I've not had any leaks or any issues with ink pooling up towards that now if my pen uh, got jostled around a bunch you'll notice like some of the ink splatter around the nib unit when you take it out to clean so then yeah I'll run some water through it but I don't do anything extreme to clean out a vanishing point more than running some water through through the nose of the nose of the pen to clean out the uh, the door and the mechanism Thomas wants to know what the heck is going on with sailors inks right now <sighs> Do you want to go, Anna? Because I'm just going to get angry. You. This really makes you mad? No, not really. Okay. But I mean, it's it's more of an, an annoyance than makes me mad. Okay. I mean, it's very, very much more expensive. They're just changing how they're doing everything. It's more expensive, and it is what it is. Like if they did this first, and we never had, uh the taste of the sweet, sweet fruit that were the 50 milliliter bottles for the same price as a 20 milliliter bottle, then I wouldn't have any complaints, but that's my complaint. I've tasted the sweet fruit, Anna, and I want my 50 milliliter bottles back. But you can still get the 50 milliliter bottles. I think they haven't taken them away. Yet. Uh, okay. Yet. I'm on the, <laughs> I'm on the Van S website uh-huh. and they're listing, you can get, the Sailor Gentle, mm-hmm. all the Four Seasons colors in the 50 milliliter bottles or the 20 milliliter um, Shikiori mm-hmm. bottles. 
I will see your Venice Pins link and raise you a Jet Pins link where they're closing out all of their 50 milliliter bottles, which tells me they're no longer being offered. Uh, is so, that yeah. just Jet Pens, though? Well, they don't, yeah, they would stock, I think any store would stock both 50s and 20s if they were available. I would think. Well, I mean, I'm like, why wouldn't you? But every 50 milliliter Sailor Gentle ink on jet pens is getting closed out. And there's only like five of them left because they've sold out the rest of them. And they're not available anymore. So I think the 50s are going away, is my guess. I I see you and I raise you in Anderson pens. <laughs> all right. <laughs> they have them all. Well, and they, they're not listing the Shikiori's um, 20 milliliter bottles for any of the original Four Seasons colors. Hmm. Um, they just have the 50 milliliter bottles presently. Yeah. So the new Shikiori's come in a bunch of the old, the standard colors, not standard colors, but the normal the original, seasons colors. Yeah. yeah. Plus Do the four new colors. Mirai, Ken Makuse, Ricky Chow, Neo Samar. So I, I think they're doing away with the 50s and I'll just be sad because now it's more expensive. Now, I don't know if it can be my favorite ink anymore. I guess it still can, but... I just don't like the smaller bottles. I I don't know. It's weird. I, I I'm not a fan. I mean, and Sailor's my number one ink, right? So it's Sailor's it's one of my favorite inks as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, from the standpoint of I'm somebody who has all of the Sailor Gentle Four mm-hmm. Seasons colors in the 50 milliliter bottles. I actually have two bottles of apricot because I bought it the first time and I bought it the second time. Yep. Same here. <laughs> I am an idiot. Um, <laughs> And I bought all four of the new Shikiori colors that came out. The Shimoyo, the don't make me name them all. I can't do it. No, I actually had a Um, question about that. mm -hmm. Did you fill, did you buy like the full bottle or a sample? And if you bought the bottle, how was it to fill uh, a Um, pen using the bottle? I have not. Oh, I didn't have any problem filling a pen because I did. I actually filled um, a very large pen. Okay. From the bottle. It's a, a wide opening. I didn't have any trouble. Cool. Because um, it's a it's a square bottom, wide round top. No trouble. And now gotcha. I haven't gotten all the way down to the very bottom of a bottle, so I, I can't tell you what it'll be like to try to get the last drop out of it. Um, but from that standpoint, I don't think it would be any more challenging than those small mini Pilot Orochizuku bottles. Yeah. So I actually got a pro tip on filling these bottles that you can't get your nibs all the way down into. Someone sent me an email saying they bought two bean bags off of Amazon and oh, set genius. one up. And oh my gosh. Tip, they tip the angle and yep. prop it up with the bean bags. So your bottle's angled while you fill it. And I thought that was just brilliant. I've done that thing <laughs> where like I'm like trying to hold it, right? Like trying to like claw handing to try and somehow keep the everything at an angle. But the bean bags thing, mm-hmm. that is genius. That is yep. that is a life hack. I've heard somebody else uh, recommend to actually take like a large, like a cereal bowl or something and fill it with dry rice. Oh, yeah. Which is even cheaper because who doesn't have, you know, a big bag yeah. of dry rice? Because you can do that with the um, the little sample vials as well. That's and perfect. then they, those won't tip over. So you can jam one of those uh, little sample vials into the dry rice and you can do it with any bottle and angle it any way you want. Wonderful. Cool. I was like, well, I like it. Tip. Brilliant. All right. Last question today. Uh, this comes from Cutie Scribbles. 
Have any of you come close to losing interest in this hobby? I've been feeling this way for a while now, Scribbles says. Uh, I will start off with this one. Uh, Nope. Nope. It's never (laughs) happened to me. Um, I can see why it would, right? Because I've had other hobbies where you kind of can get hold of it, but like it kind of gets old, you get bored of it. I think the reason for me is because there's so much new stuff all the time that my tastes constantly evolve and i've found like little niche hobbies within the hobby even you know like so i i think it there is enough going on for me over a long period of time where it keeps me engaged and interested uh in the new equipment that is that is coming out anna what about you um i don't think i've ever gotten lost interest in the hobby i do have occasions where i get like with the blog and everything, I it sometimes starts to feel a bit like a job. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. There yep, are yep, some yep. days where mm-hmm. I don't want to go to work. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, like I want to go ahead and, and book you for a future episode. Will we visit the burnout topic like we did with Ed Jelly like 200 episodes ago? That was a very popular <laughs> um, episode at the time. And I think, you know, I, I would actually like to talk with Anna, uh, with you about that a little bit more. Yeah. And it's it's something that I don't think I've ever really talked about, but um, mm-hmm. I have it, it's a precarious work work yeah. work life balance thing I have going here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know to answer Stewart's question, you know I you know back in in the past I I've you know gotten burnt out on like the the blogging aspect of it. You know a few years ago the podcasting and blogging act aspect of it but i've never gotten burnt out on the hobby itself as far as like the stationary products and goods and things i i get such enjoyment out of using a big crystal that i'll never lose interest in all the other cool things that we get to try and and test out um it's just such a part of my life just picking up a pen and getting just pure enjoyment out of a any pen and any piece of paper and you know, trying to understand what these things are and figuring them out. Um, I, I I don't see that going away ever for me. No. Yeah. And I think, you know, ac- actually, I think just being a part of the community. And I think for me, um, going to the pen shows and talking to people and getting, you know, just being around other people talking about the hobby really helps recharge my battery yeah, and remind right. yep. me why I stay up until midnight writing a review <laughs> um you know that really just like it just feels the you know the the passion and it's like this is why i do this you know and it makes up for the days when i either get like absolutely no feedback or i get the really negative feedback <laughs> yep yep it will help balance out in the end all right. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who submitted a question. If you want to uh, ever have any questions answered on the show, just send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA um, and we may pick it for a future episode. You can find uh, links. We've had lots of links today. There's lots of brush pens in our show notes, which are at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 292, or hopefully uh, in the podcasting app or client that you use. You should be able to find show notes in there, but if they're not, they always are there on the web. Um, as always, we give our greatest thanks to our uh, our third host, 
the wonderful Anna Reinert. If you want to see what Anna's up to, there's a few places you can go to do that. You can go to wellappointeddesk.com um, or you can follow Anna online. She is well, A-P-P-T, desk on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Brad is at Dowdyism on Twitter. He is penaddict on Instagram. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks again to Squarespace and Harry's for their support of this episode. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad and Anna. Goodbye, Goodbye, Brad Brad and Anna. Anna. Nice, nice. Good work, guys. Thanks.